0: to dig into today's episode with you. Hello. Oh my goodness. Happy freaking new year. (sighs) Happy new decade. Like it is 2020. Um, Just in case you forgot. I cannot believe this. I don't know about you, but I'm struggling to write 2020, which is ridiculous, but it always happens to me. It takes me a little while to adjust. Um, I am beyond, beyond grateful, beyond um, blown away, really. I've really struggled to find words to end this year with because it was such a huge year and the biggest year of my life yet to date. And I, I really, I think I needed some time to unpack it all and just really sit with it and be like, wow, that was 2019. It felt like it was five years. I feel like we did so much in one year and so many things that moved and changed and shifted and, uh, healings and oh my goodness, people we met. So 2019 by far so far has been the freaking best year ever ever hashtag best year ever and yeah it's been incredible and I wanted to do this because I've been chatting to so many of you on Instagram and Facebook and on email and my sisterhood ladies we've been chatting lots because my dad is currently here and I haven't done uh, just a podcast on my dad but um, this is it I'm going to talk to you about my dad because I haven't seen him in 20 years and it's probably one of the most, it is, it's the most transformational monumental thing that I've experienced so far. And it's not how I thought it would be. And I love that about life because when you think, you know, you don't know, and then it's another way. And then you're I'm really open to things unraveling as they need to. And I'm just sitting in awe. And I'm still... I say I have words, but I still feel like I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this is my... Is this for real? Like, I'm like, is this for real? And I don't know who he used to be, but who he is right now is like, is he fake? Like why is it so awesome and how come he's so great with the kids and he's just a beautiful, loving, giving, he very much reminds me of me, which I never thought that that would be the case. Oh, I'm emotional talking about it. Yeah. I just, I never thought that that would be the case. (laughs) And I think it's really shocking that I wasn't raised with him. You know, I didn't grow up with him. I knew, I knew nothing of him. Uh, I literally still am learning about him and I see so much of myself in him. He's so bubbly and such a people person and is outgoing as hell. Like we'll just go up to a stranger. Hey, hey, how you doing? How you doing? And just like chatterbox and energy house. And I'm um, yeah, I'm like, wow. You know, like my husband saw him and he's like, yeah, everything makes sense to me now. <laughs> Why you are the way you are. And I'm like, what do you mean? That makes no sense to me because homeboy is a stranger. Like I don't know him. So this is crazy. So I, um, as some of you may know, when I was two years old, my dad left my mom and I live in the story that my mother has told me. Now, it's not a lie because this is her story. The way she sees what happened is her story, her perspective. As a child, we take on whatever our parents or the people that grew, up, grew like raised us give us, right? That's what we do. We take it on. No matter who you are, it's just part of life, right? So my mom always like, told me about him and I always knew of him through her. I always knew of my story with my dad through her. And then I got to develop my own story when, you know, he kidnapped me and I was seven and then I met him and, you know, I had my own story. Now, neither of these stories are his stories, right? It's my story and my mom's story. So what happens? I decided my gorgeous girl, Angel Phoenix, my homegirl angel, brought her mother out here from Canada and her mother's been staying with her. And you know it's not always easy to have your parents around, right? Doesn't matter how nice of an upbringing or how fucked up of an upbringing you had, it's not always the easiest thing. And I feel like subconsciously that really inspired me to reconnect to want to reconnect with my dad. So I had the idea earlier this year of like, you know what? Imagine if I if I got my dad out to Australia. And I, and I, I wasn't going to tell my husband because I wanted it to be a surprise. But then I thought, no, I really it's, it's going to be an expensive ticket. I got to talk to him about it. Um, we need to discuss this. And so this idea came to my head. I was chatting to my dad back and forth every once in a blue moon on Facebook. And I was like, would you come? And he said, yes. And so that's kind of like how it happened in 2019. But let me take you back to when I was two years old. My dad left my mom. For reasons I didn't know. Apparently he was a drug dealer, which he was. He was a drug dealer. He was doing crazy shit back in the day. And he had already had two children. No, three children from other, from one from, he had two kids from one lady. He had another kid from another lady. So my mom was now, you know, lady number three. And he's had quite a few ladies, my dad. Um, And if you've seen it on Instagram, he's a gorgeous man. No wonder. But he was totally a playboy. Totally. So mom's lady number three. He leaves when I'm like two or two and a half and all I know is that I don't have a dad and I grow up with my mom and you know her boyfriend at the time that she had. Now, I'm seven years old and growing up, my whole time growing up, everybody that would see me in my town, they'd be like, Oh my God, you look just like your dad. And they used to call him Starsky because like Starsky and Hutch, he had that car. It's like a 70s or 60s show. I don't know. Anyway, they, they were like, you look just like your dad. You look just like your dad. Now I'm a kid. I don't know this motherfucker. He left when I was two. My mom has photos of him and I would scratch his face in the photos. My mom never said bad words about my dad. She never told me to scratch his face. She never did that. I voluntarily was angry at my dad for not being around. I don't even know how at four years old I knew that, but I did. Sorry, I'm drinking my coffee. So I'm over here, you know, scratching his face, saying, I don't look like him. I don't have a dad. And my mom would always say to me, Erica, you have a dad. Erica, that's your dad. Don't say that. I only realized recently doing the work that I do. And I always do the work on myself, right? That my mom had such a a big dad wound. My mom found her dad at 18, reconnected with him. And she found him again, and he had cancer. So she would go to visit him. She would be with him. She looked after him, and he ended up dying. So to my mother, in her eyes, and her perspective of life, her dad was her world, and then she lost him. So she thought very highly of the dad, of the father figure, of doesn't matter whether they were a good dad or not, but the fact that you have a dad. So she would always talk to me with that Perspective, Like, Erica, don't say that. Your dad is, a, you know, he's a good man. He's your dad. You do have a father. You know, don't say you don't have a father. Don't scratch his face. And I never understood why because he left me. I'm like, shouldn't you be angry at this guy? He's an asshole. He left you. He didn't help us. You know, he didn't help my mother with anything. So that was her view of my dad. And I never learned that from anybody. I just ended up hating him myself. So fast forward to, I'm seven years old. My mom has a boyfriend named Adminio, and he was kind of like the dad figure for five years in my life from like four till or three till seven. Now, my mom and Arminio, uh he bought us a, a trip to Puerto Rico, so he was taking us to Puerto Rico. I'd never been in my recollection. My mom took me when I was a kid, but I don't remember. So I'm in Puerto Rico, my mom and her boyfriend and my mom rented a car. And what happened in Puerto Rico was that my mother didn't take enough medication. She's bipolar. Um, she would get manic in her younger years, in her thirties and early forties. And then, um, if she didn't take her pills, she'd just lose it. She would become someone else. And if you know anybody with a chemical imbalance or bipolar or any kind of schizophrenia, they literally don't are not who they are. So when I'm like, my mom went crazy, it wasn't even my mom. It was this other entity taking her over. And she would do things that, of course, she would never do in real life. So she didn't take enough medication. She gets into a fight with her boyfriend. We're staying in a place called Carolina, which is really uh, mountains and lots of hills. And it was raining. So she fought with him. She got into the rental car. She took me and started driving. Now, my mother thought in her head this is what she said to me that somebody was chasing her that man a man was chasing her and he wanted to rape her or kill her or something like that my mom has a lot of sexual trauma how do I know because every time she gets paranoid every time she worries about something it's always about someone raping her or a man doing something sexually to her which is just like breaks my soul because she must have a lot that she doesn't even know about like subconscious um buried that she's not even ready to talk about because I've tried um So she was driving. It was raining. She's taking curves, doing crazy shit. I don't remember the drive as much because I think the blunt force trauma that we had, the the physical accident really took my memory away. So all I remember is we crashed into a massive tree. And when I tell you massive, I'm talking like two SUVs wide. This tree was like two SUVs wide. It was huge. Our car flipped upside down. And I remember my mom taking my seatbelt off and me falling out of the seat. There was glass everywhere. I had cuts on my face. She had cuts on her face. She gets me out of the car. All of our belongings are in the car. My favorite teddy bear, Lisa. My my quilt that she made me. You know, because I was seven. I was a kid. And we walk outside of the car. And I shit you not, behind the tree is the biggest cliff with a fucking river ditch. Like under it. So... Basically that tree was a miracle. It saved our lives because behind the tree was a fucking ditch, like a cliff with a ditch. We would have been fucked, we would have died easily. So I'm like, "Oh my god, what are we going to do?" And there's a house next to us. So she takes us to this house. She walks me over to this house, and I remember these houses in Puerto Rico man made out of fucking wood like wood and and, and dirt. So we're walking, we ring the doorbells it's, it's nighttime we knock on the door and this lady comes out and now i don't speak spanish at all so i speak only english at this point in my, t- in my life and i don't understand what anybody's saying and my mom's talking to this lady and i think she's asking her for help right this man comes out and then another man comes out and my mom freaks out why because they're men so where does her mind go these people are going to rape us and kill us right I don't know this at the time. So I'm sitting there waiting. Oh, these people are going to help us. They're going to call the police. We just had a major car accident. We're bleeding. Can somebody help us? My mom grabs me. My leg falls into a ditch because these houses had like big gaps around them with like literally like wood, like wood plank to walk across. And if you miss the plank, your ass would fall into the fucking ditch. So my leg fell in the ditch. She lifts me out of it and runs with me. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like, they were gonna help us. She goes, we need to get out of here. Anyway, we leave there. We literally left the car with all of our belongings. We left the fucking scene of of an accident. We walk off these people and my mom starts walking. We walked for three days, people, like three days straight. We're walking, we're sleeping in fucking shrubs. We're sleeping on people's patios. Uh, it was daytime. Then it was nighttime. My kids broke. We had kids, those little kid sneakers. I don't know if you remember those. Um, we, our sneakers broke. <laughs> like we drank water from random places. It was, it, it, it literally, it was like a movie. Like me and my mom talk about it and we're like, what the fuck are you? Like, what was that? Right. And she was in awe because she was sick. So her memory and recollection is not really spot on. And I was seven and that's, I had severe trauma already at that age. So my trauma and my trying to remember things and we're trying to put this, this puzzle together because this shit is like, we need to talk about this. I need to, I want to be able to share this one day without forgetting it. So thank you for being here and listening to this podcast, by the way, I love you. So here we are walking, days and nights walking. I remember us walking up a hill, this big hill in Puerto Rico. The houses are on hills and, and the driveways are literally like steep, like steep fucking slides, the driveway. So we walk up this driveway, there's a car. My mom's like, we're going to sleep in this car. She doesn't remember the story like this, but I remember this so clearly because it was, it was like it was happened yesterday. So we walk up to this car, the car's open. And we slept in the back of the car. So my mom's like, let's lay here, we'll sleep here. So I slept in the back seat, my mom was in the front seat with the seat back, and we slept. We wake up and these men are walking out of the house. The men walk out of the house, my mom says some words to them in Spanish, they exchange words, and they get in the car. From my understanding, they were gonna drive us to the police because we were looking for the police to get help, supposedly, but I think my mom was scared of the police. But we were trying to get help. So these guys start driving. And what happens again? My mom's in the back seat with me. She's like, grabs me again. She's thinking these guys are going to do something to us. They're not taking us to the police. They're going to rape us. My mom grabs me. She spoons me. She opens the car door and rolls out of a moving fucking car. Uh, It was going about 50 miles per hour. If you're in Australia, maybe 40 or 30, like a moving car on the side of the road. We roll out. And we f- started hiding on somebody's patio on some bushes and we're hiding from these cars and they come back around and we're hiding. And she's like, Erica, don't move. Like, I I can't even explain to you how freaked out I was because I'm, I'm going like, what the fuck just happened? We just jumped out of a moving car. Now they're looking for us like they were meant to help us. And now we're hiding from them. I didn't understand as a kid, like what was going on because I didn't have my mom's idea of. Men are going to rape us and kill us and all this jazz. So they, they finally drive off. We start walking. We ended up reaching this elderly lady's house. I remember my mom jumped some fence. She cut her leg. Like I'm talking, there was crazy shit went down in this whole trip. So we, here we are, we're walking and this old lady comes up and we're like, excuse me, do you know where the police station is? And literally we had walked for three days. We finally come across this old lady who tells us, yeah, the police station is right next door. So we're walking, looking for police. We finally found this lady, and she's like, yeah, police station's right next door. We're like, okay, great, thanks. The police take us, they talk to us, they drive us to this town in the city where my mom's, uh, some of my mom's family lived in this town. They take us to the police station, and we get out of the car, we walk into the the, the police hall, right? This cop is talking to my mom, blah, 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 blah. My mom's like, yeah, 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 okay, blah, 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 speaking to him. And basically she says to him, we'll be right there, We're just going to drink some water. So the police guy goes, okay, cool. And he turns the corner to go into the room. And my mom's at the bubbler, pretending to drink water. And as soon as he turns, she runs out with me. So we leave the police station. We're walking in the in the parking and we see our car smashed. I saw my bear, Lisa. Lisa. I saw my blanket, my mom's purse, everything was in the car. And she's like, shit, we have to go. We run off to the side. There's some apartments. And we knock on some lady's door. My mom pays this woman $20 so we could take a shower. And so the lady could keep me in there for a bit. She comes out. We stopped in some bushes. And then all of a sudden, we end up in a house. And it's my mom's uh, stepsister's house. Because my mom was given away to some lady who was like... It was like Cinderella. My mom's story. Fuck, man. So this woman treated her terribly. And she had a daughter. We ended up at, at the daughter's house. My mom's stepsister. We were at her house. And my mom is fucking sick, y'all. Like, she is sick. And I'm just like, I don't know what's going to happen. What's going on here? I'm following along, doing whatever. We get there. And I remember we took a shower. She took us in. We had food. We were there. And the next morning, my mom wanted to go to the shops. And I remember hearing my mom say, um, Erika, Erika come on, we're going to go to the shops and like screaming for me. And I was in a room coloring and this hand covers my mouth and I can't see who the fuck it is. I'm coloring. Someone covers my mouth and I hear the woman say to her, Oh, she's sleeping. You go ahead. You go ahead. She's sleeping. Go to the shops. We'll watch her. And I'm freaking out because I'm like, someone's going to take me. I don't know what the fuck's going on. My mom is leaving. I hear her voice moving like far away. And then the guy takes his hand off my, off my mouth and I scream. The door opens. Within 10 minutes, my dad's in front of me. And I don't understand what's going on. This could have been an hour. It felt like 10 minutes. Who knows? The time was such a crazy mix up and mash up. Basically, what had happened was this woman called my dad and said, Listen, Margie is over here with your daughter. She has been walking for three days. They got into a crazy accident. She's sick. Your daughter hasn't had food. Your daughter had broken shoes. She's dirty. She had blood on her. Like, you need to come and take your daughter cause I don't know what's happening with Margie right now. She's not okay. At the time I didn't understand that at the time I'm seven. I've never seen my dad. I don't know who he is. I've scratched his face in photos. I haven't heard from him. He sent me candy in the fucking mail. That's what he sent me once with, with a, with a, a little doll from Puerto Rico. That's what he sent me. And I don't know this motherfucker. And here he is taking me away from my mother. I'm kicking and screaming and spitting and swearing and saying all the bad words that I shouldn't be saying. And he took me and in my head, he kidnapped me till I was a year. I was, I was there for a year, about nine months with my dad. And in that nine months, I remember having to go to court. My mom, my mom's boyfriend was at court. My dad was at court and the court in Puerto Rico was going to give me to my mom's boyfriend who I wanted to go with. And my dad was like, no way. She's my daughter. The mother is sick. She's not doing right by her. I'm her father. I need to keep her legally. I should be able to keep her. Her mother's put her in danger. I didn't know any of this was being said because I was speaking in English. So they're talking all this shit. And the court gave me to my dad. They wouldn't give me to my mom's boyfriend. But of course not. Of course they wouldn't. He was my mom's boyfriend. So my mom and her boyfriend go back to America. My mom has to go to the mental hospital, get better, speak to the social services, the Department of Social Services to try to get me back. Meanwhile, my dad has me in in Puerto Rico. He's teaching me Spanish. He's, you know, he was drinking at the time a bit. He doesn't remember that because I've talked to him about it this trip, but he was drinking. And it was crazy. It was turbulent. I was there with them, but he taught me Spanish. I was there for Christmas. I learned about Christmas. I, I, I learned all the Spanish. And finally, when I was, I think eight years old, my, 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 my mom was, was better. And my dad, uh, spoke to her apparently, he said, and he said, you know what? She lives alone. She has nothing but Erica. I've got family. I'm going to give Erica back to her. So she sent, he sent me back with my uncle and I went to see my mom. And that's a fucking whole crazy story. Um, when I went to see her cause she wasn't home, uh, she wasn't home. And, um, yeah, fuck. I remember being on the airplane and being with my uncle and him being like, are you excited to see your mom? And I only spoke Spanish cause I only, I learned Spanish over there in Puerto Rico, which I'm really grateful for, but I totally forgot English. And so I was on the plane in this pink dress that my dad's wife at the time bought me. Um, the little bow, I remember it was, it was beautiful and we get to Boston, we get to the airport, I get into my uncle's car and we drive to my house and I hadn't seen my mother in almost a year and we get to the house and she's not home. Her car's not there. This is when she used to drive and (laughs) literally my mom wasn't home and I'm like, I think I know where she is. She's at the 24 store. And my uncle's like, okay, cool. So he ends up taking me to um, Store Twenty Four, which is what it was called at the time. And her car's parked there. And I get out in my little pink dress, and my mom walks out of the out of the store. <laughs> and I was like, "Mommy, mommy!" And she fucking dropped everything she had in her hands, and just like opened her arms up and gave me the biggest hug of my life and just started crying like Erika 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 like she just started crying like you know my daughter my daughter oh my god and um I'll never forget her face I'll never forget how that felt for me and as a mother now I can't even imagine I can't even imagine how she felt not having me for that long you know um Anyway, so she she hugs me, and she's talking to me in English, and I have no idea what she's saying. And I'm like, "Mommy, yo, estoy aquí que vine de Puerto Rico," blah blah blah. And she's looking at me like, "Oh my god, you speak Spanish! You speak Spanish!" And I'm like, si sí, si sí, you know." And I'm speaking to her in Spanish, and it was so funny because I had to relearn how to speak English. I was seven, so it was a I was eight, so it was a perfect time to to learn a language, and um. That was the experience that I had with my my dad. You know, I was seven. According to me, he kidnapped me. According to my mother, he took away his daughter, her daughter. But according to my dad, which I never, I never got to know. I never got to understand that according to him. He was rescuing me because my mother was unsafe and I had lived a life of foster care and and her in mental hospitals and her abusing me and, and being sexually abused in foster homes. And to my dad, you know, he's like, this is my daughter. Fuck. Like, I know I left, but I don't want to let this happen to her. So in his eyes, and he just told me this, I mean, in this trip, which I haven't seen him in 20 years, by the way. So the last memory I have really of him, the biggest memory was my trauma. That was traumatic for me to be taken away from my mom, forcefully, you know. I mean, kicking and screaming, spitting and swearing. That's how I was taken away from my mom. But in his eyes, and this is why it's important that you heal your shit, because in my father's eyes, he was rescuing me. And I can see that. Like, as a mother, I can see that. You know, if my mother took my son and she was unwell, when she was sick, and she took my son Raven, are you kidding me? A, f- a million times, I would, I would, I would do whatever I could to get him back because she's not well. So I can understand where my dad was coming from. But at the time, my whole life up until now, like I'm fucking 36 years old, up until now, I didn't really understand that he, like, basically saved me. You know, <laughs> and fuck, I'm talking about this for the first time to you here. So hence the emotion. It's, it's been a huge, this trip, for my dad being here and my mom being here at the same time. So, oh, geez, I didn't think I was going to cry this much, y'all. Um, Yeah, so so this is, you know, my last memory. And then I remember being, my dad, Um, I remember being in Miami. So now, seven years old, that was it. Eight years old, that was it. I didn't talk to him and I was angry at him and I was like, fuck you, you're an asshole. That was me to my dad. My mom was angry. In our story, our story that we were telling ourselves about it was that he kidnapped us and he was an asshole. And listen to me, that was true for me at the time. So I'm not like gonna change how I felt. That was me at the time, that's how I felt hindsight is great because you can see other things and compassion is a beautiful thing because you can see other people's perspectives but at the time that was our perspective so fast forward i am fifth i am how old was i i was 16 and i was dating this guy my first boyfriend ever chepe and i was dating him it's so crazy too because my dad and him used to like work together and do drugs together and sell drugs together. And back in the day, all this crazy shit, which I just also heard. I'm like, what? His dad, that was, uh, that boy was like my first boyfriend. Anyway, long story. I didn't even know about that. So (laughs) this guy is going to Puerto Rico and I'm dating this guy and he was going to Puerto Rico. And I, I ended up Saying, I'm going to come with you guys. And I had never been to Puerto Rico in my recollection that I could remember. So I went to Puerto Rico. I ended up meeting, seeing my dad. I ended up seeing my my cousins, my my grandma. I ended up seeing all these people, right? And it was nice because I was 16 or 15. I didn't feel so angry. I was kind of like open to patching something up. But I was still like, if I, if I get the chance, I'm going to tell him off. I'm going to do this. Like, I was still resentful. Um, and then I remember after that trip I started modeling I started modeling and um in Miami I had moved to Miami Gio had passed away I was modeling I was doing music videos and we hadn't reconnected since then and my dad watched my music video on tv in Puerto Rico because I did a music video with this He was a big Puerto Rican um not big big but he was pretty big he was a, a reggaeton artist and I did a music video And I have a birthmark on the side of my hip that is pretty big. It looks like Puerto Rico. The birthmark is in the shape of the island of Puerto Rico. And my dad and my sister were watching this music video because it was everywhere in Puerto Rico. And he's like, that's Erica. That's my daughter. And he recognized me. And my sister was like, what? That's my sister? Like, are you kidding me? And she ended up reaching out to me on Facebook And we ended up chatting on Facebook. And from then, we started talking and connecting. And me and my dad ended up having a relationship via Facebook. We would call each other on Christmas. And we would talk every once in a while. I was really shit at keeping in touch with my Puerto Rican family because... I I didn't grow up with my own family. I grew up in foster care. I grew up with family that I created, like good friends and Mama Lopez, which was my army mom. Like I created my own family. So I was really shit at getting in contact with my real family. Like, I'm bad at that still. I told my dad, I'm like, I'm very sorry that I don't call you guys. And, you know, I I am horrible at that. And I'm trying to work on that. It's very hard for me to do it. I have to try to do it. It doesn't come naturally to me because I grew up not having any family and my mom's family never took me in when I was in foster homes. And so I was like, fuck you. If you're not going to take me, I don't need you. So subconsciously, I kind of was like, fuck you to my real family and thinking I don't need them. So now that I have them in my life, I have it, it takes time and it's effort for me to call them. And I'm still working on that, by the way. So I told my dad that and he said, yeah, you know, it was great to talk to you and see you. And we were chatting and chatting. And then recently I'm 36. This was fuck. I was 19 or 20 when I was doing these music videos. Uh, and recently I thought, you know what? I'm going to call him. I'm going to ask him if he wants to come to Australia. Financially, I can afford to buy him a ticket. I can't afford to buy the whole family a ticket, but I'm going to get him here. And my dad has eight kids. He got here on the what day did he get? the 30th of December. So we spent the last day of 2019 together. We spent New Year's Eve, New Year's Day together. And he's here now. He's, he's with my husband at the gym doing some painting and helping him I went to pick him up by myself to the airport I had to pick him up by myself because we couldn't fit the kids the car seat and my mom and it was so funny because I asked my mom before she came here mom what would you think about me inviting my dad for Christmas and my mom was like oh I don't know I I wouldn't mind because my mom was never rude about him but she is hurt she has her own stories and the stories that she would tell me was he would sell drugs, he hit her, he would cheat on her, he wouldn't come home till whatever time of night. And, you know, a lot of that could be true. And then I'm sitting here talking to my dad and when I picked him up, he's telling me that my mom was really sick. So my mom was really sick mentally um, with the bipolar. And when I was born, she She took her. She, she got off her medication for two weeks so she could breastfeed me and like that if that's not a soul like look at that mothers out there if you're listening and you're a mother imagine you want to breastfeed your kid so bad you get off your medication and you're fucking sick trying to breastfeed sick like this is the heart of, my, of a mother like trying so badly to do what's right for her kid and no matter if she got sick like that shit breaks my heart oh my god and so she got sick and my dad said to me that my mom would not buckle my my car seat that she would leave me here she would do this and like I said you better not say that to my mother because she doesn't remember any of that like right she'll get pissed off but in his eyes he's got his story he said it was really difficult I took it to the doctor I couldn't do this I wanted to go back to Puerto Rico she didn't want to come blah 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 so he's got a story a story I never knew about now who's right or wrong nobody nobody's right or wrong I can honor my story, I can listen to his, I can listen to hers, and I can honor everybody's. Does that make sense? Like, what this really taught me was like, what I think is not always true. And not only that, but I have not stepped into the body of another person. If I step into my mother's body, I go, fuck, how hard would it have been to a woman with bipolar to raise a child on her own with an illness? Like, literally, my mom hallucinates without taking drugs. And having a child and being a single mother and doing all that like that is fucking hard and then my father dealing with a woman and blah 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 and he was selling drugs so he wasn't in his right mind and he was doing drugs and he was on some other shit like dealing with that he had kids everywhere you know after me he had another child I've got a younger brother who's only a year and a half younger than me or a year younger than me you know and then he had three other kids so he's got eight kids so clearly there was pain in his world as well And he was looking and seeking for some companionship and it wasn't working. So it's like, everybody's got this story. So me picking him up at the airport by myself, I was late as well and I felt so bad I was late. I picked him up and I saw him from far away and I was just like, holy shit. Like everybody's like, how do you feel, how do you feel? It didn't hit me until I walked into the airport and I saw him and he didn't see me see him. So it was great, I I watched him for a few seconds. Like, that is my dad. Like he's here in Australia. Holy fuck from Puerto Rico. And I walked up to him and he just gave me the biggest hug and was crying. And I was crying and we just hugged like reconnecting after 20 years. It was, it was, it was intense and it continues to be intense. He is amazing. He's amazing with my kids. He's, he's got energy. He's hype. He's happy. He's been beautiful with my mom. He did talk to me about my mom. And I told him as well, listen, you know, I prepped him for my mom. I said, look, my mom has a story as to what she thinks how it was and how you are. And you may have to apologize if she says some shit to you. Because for her, it's not it's not closed off. And my dad's very, like, salesman. Like, hey, hey no, 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 it's okay. Like, he can move a conversation around. I feel like I get it from him. Like, he can be like, yeah, yeah, anyway, so over here, you know, like, really distract you. And so... I just said, listen, my mom is allowed to feel the way she feels and in her eyes, you left and in her eyes, X, Y, Z, you know? So in case she comes at you with that, please just listen and do not fight with her. And just, if you need to apologize, fuck it, apologize. Let's keep the peace. He goes, no, 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 hundred percent. Yeah, you're right. Okay. That's cool. He goes, but listen, just so you know, and then he started telling me about his side of the things. And, you know, I could see that because I talk to my mom a lot. My mom's hard work at times. I I try to tell her stuff and she's like, no, that's not the way it is. And this is what happened. And she's very rigid where like he's more fluid. And so knowing that this is the way it is and this is the stories, it was it was amazing to prepare him. And then I had told her because I was going to surprise her. But I ended up telling her one day. Um, before he came, maybe two days before Christmas, I said, listen, I, I have a surprise for you and it's my dad. She goes, I knew he was coming. I knew you asked me for a reason. I'm like, yep, I'm gonna bring him here. Are you okay with that? How do you feel? She was cool. She's like, I'm cool with it. I'm fine. I said, listen, I don't wanna fight. I don't want us to fight. Um, I, I Really, for me, I know that he's not who he used to be and I need to have an opportunity to reconnect with who he is now. I need to be able to heal some of my past. I need to be able to give him an opportunity. His mom recently died and, you know, it kind of woke me up as well. The fact that my dad could die and I could be angry at him for who he used to be in the past and my, my limited story. Cause you do not know everything about your parents. You think you do, you don't know. There's no way of knowing nothing you think is true. Nothing I think is true. What is true? True is, you know, for sure, 100%. You don't know shit for sure. 100%. I don't know shit for sure, 100%. And when you open your eyes up to that perspective, you get to actually, you get to actually meet someone. You get to actually see someone, you know? um, Who is it? There's a, I think it's Rumi, Rumi, the, the poet that says like, I think it's Rumi or it's Eckhart Tolle, I'm not sure. But, you know, when you name a flower, instead of just looking at it with beauty and with awe, when you name it and you're like, oh, that's a carnation. That's a white carnation. You really take away all the possibility that it can be because you label it as this thing and that's all it is. That's it. And then you have to see a white carnation versus seeing it with with no label and unlimited beauty. And so I feel like I didn't want to do that to my dad. I didn't want to do that to this situation. I wanted just to leave it open. I wanted to leave it open and see what we could have and see what we could create together. And I said that to my mom, you know, and she's like, you know what? You're right. A hundred percent. You're right. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm not going to fight. I'm like, please don't fight. I don't want us to fight. But I also wanted to honor her. You know, she was angry about a lot of things and fucking every right to be angry. You know, these single mothers are amazing. Single mothers are amazing. But everybody has a story. The father has a story, the child and the mother. It's not just. single mother or the father that's an asshole so it's been great you know like I picked him up he saw my kids my kids I had told my kids he was coming my husband was very excited Hamish was so excited to meet him and we've been slowly chatting and reconnecting and learning things and I've been cooking and he's been chatting to us and we've been traveling taking him around Australia uh, Melbourne and it's been really beautiful and so you know they've chatted I've taken photos of them talking. Uh, We we took photos, all three of us together. I got to touch my mom and my dad. Like my left hand was on my mom and my right hand was on my dad. And I'm like, holy shit. Like I've never touched my parents. I've never had my parents in the same room together. And sometimes this is impossible for us. I get it. But fuck if it is, I'm going to try to make it possible. And then my kids are in the same room. My kids are hugging him and my mom and I'm just like, but this is not some happy go lucky bullshit photo for Instagram that I'm doing here. By the way, I wanted to, to, I wanted to heal my own lineage. I wanted to heal my own shit. I wanted to bust my own mind because in my mind I had, I had this identity that I was kidnapped by my dad and that was it. And that was it. And that was not necessarily what was true. I to me was taken to him. I was saved. And when I look at it with his eyes, I see exactly what he thinks. I can see where he comes from. So I got a massive opportunity and I'm still in it. Cause you can hear me. I don't cry this much in my podcast. Fuck. I got a massive opportunity to heal my past and my shit from a cellular energetic spiritual physical every part of my body like it's still happening i can feel it inside It's still healing and happening it's like timelining it's like i'm reclaiming my timeline right now and i don't even there are no words to tell you about it all i can tell you is what's happened so far because i don't have words to to, to I f- it doesn't feel real is what i can think of and I'm so happy I did this. I wish I would have done it sooner, but I, w- I wasn't ready. I'm so happy that this is how we, I ended, I ended a decade healing my past and reconnecting with my father. And I started a decade healing my past and reconnecting with my father. Like I ended it and I started it with this. I will never forget the beginning of 2020. I will never forget 2019. It, it, it is It's beyond words. To, to tell you the the amount of of um, courage that this actually took as well, because this is, this is courage in action right now. You know, I don't actually know what's going to happen or what my mom's going to say or what he's going to say. And I was really worried about him saying something that would upset her or her being rude to him. And I just had to let it go. I prepared both of them. I said what I said, and I just trust. I have to trust the process. And if something needs to get said, it gets said, you know? my kids are having a great time with him. Uh, they love him. I am uh, apparently we're twins. If you haven't seen photos, please head over to Instagram. Um, we look a lot alike <laughs> and yeah, we look a lot alike. My husband loves him. He's like, man, he's fucking great. He's hilarious. Uh, we decided to go to Puerto Rico in August. So August, 2020, we're going to send the whole family and we're going to go meet the rest of our family. Cause I have seven siblings. I have a sister, which, you know, her name is Katidia. Um, She's my sister and she's younger than me. She's the only other girl and there are six boys. So, um, yeah, I'm going to get to reconnect with all of them and visit Puerto Rico. He's going to take me around. I'm really excited. I'm excited for what this is going to be for our family. Um, I'm excited for my kids cause they get to be Puerto Rican. You know, they get to experience Puerto Rico. He's teaching them Spanish while he's here, which is so cute. And, um, my son, the baby, Nava, who's not a baby, he was two. He's two and a bit. He looks just like me. And he said to me, Erica, he looks just like you when you were a kid. And he showed me a photo of me at two and a half, basically Nava's age. And he's like, I've had this photo my whole life since you've been born. And I looked at the photo and literally it's my, it's my child. It's my youngest. Um, and it was beautiful that he had that photo. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, all this did was give me deep compassion for humans not men, not women, not fathers, not mothers, not children, just humans. We do the best we can with what we have in the moment. You're doing the best you can with what you have in the moment. So am I. So is in every single human being. We do the best we can with what we have and with what we know when someone knows better, they do better. When someone understands a better way and feels heard and seen and validated and gets educated, they do make different choices. And so I'm only sharing this with you because I really wanted to share this story. And I know already it's been very healing for most of you out there because So many messages I've gotten on Facebook and Instagram and emails of people going, you've given me hope. I haven't seen my dad for 12 years. I haven't talked to my mother in eight years. You know, um, you've given me hope to maybe forgive them. And I'm not saying that you can't, you, you forgive people and you forget and that's it. No way, right? Like, no way. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I work on myself and the world wins. You work on yourself and your world wins. You know, I've done work to work on myself to be able to have a better relationship with my mother because she's hard work. Every time she comes to Australia and I see her, she's not different. I am. I'm easier. I'm easier. I'm more patient. I'm more compassionate. I understand. I, I see things for as they are and I and I don't try to change her or make her wrong. I am easier to work with. Therefore, I work with her easier. Who I show up as to her is better because I've worked on myself. When I haven't worked on myself, I show up angry, resentful, blaming and shaming. Then she sees that and she reacts to that person that shows up. So when you work on yourself, you don't only heal yourself and heal your past, you heal your lineage, you help heal others, you heal the world because you become a better human on the planet. You become kinder, more, more, more compassionate, more able to work with. When you come are confronted by someone who's difficult, you don't treat them how you used to. You're different. Therefore, they act different because you treat them differently and it does change them. You do have the ability to change others by changing yourself because you change how you show up, which 1 million percent affects how they then show up to you. And every time she comes, she's better because I'm better. And now my dad's here and everything's just, it's incredible. It's actually incredible. So I hope that when you do decide or as you decide to work on yourself, that you understand that even if it's early days of you starting to work on you, it will benefit the whole world. It will directly benefit you. It will directly benefit your family, your children, your friends, your environment directly, like directly. I send you all my love and I thank you deeply for listening and being here. And I hope that this podcast helps you. Um, if you have any questions or you want to reach out, please feel free to do so on Instagram. Send me an email, whatever it is. I, I really, I, I'm going to share more about this. But right now, this is what I can share because I'm still processing. I'm still in it. But I know that, that, that this is going to be helpful to so many of you. And I thank you for being here. I love you so damn much.